0: Hello and welcome to a brand new NFL only bear. Just the one show this week couldn't get the lads out of the bed for two days. It's Mike Carlson, let's jump off. Yeah,
1: yeah, I good. still
2: had my Thanksgiving hangover, so yes, it probably,
1: yeah, it probably wouldn't have been much good. Hopefully, it it it's still not there, Mike. Hopefully, it's passed by now,
2: or yeah, you're I topping it up I,
1: every now and again.
2: It has. We had our first bout of snow and cold weather, so now I'm back to normal.
1: So the hot, the hot whiskey will sort that out, I reckon.
2: Yeah, it's kind ah, of yes. human.
0: Um, first of December today, the NFL season really starts to hot up now as we head towards the playoffs in terms of fantasy. I think there's only two weeks left, I believe, I had to get into the playoffs for that. More for obviously the NFL teams, then we're into the playoffs. And of course, the Super Bowl is now just right around the corner once you hit December uh, post Thanksgiving. Big, big week for us on the show, guys, because our our, for the i'm i'm just trying to look through has it happened at all this season no i don't believe it has i really don't believe it has that this is the first week that all the best bets won so congratulations so um mine was tampa minus 3 tampa won by uh, touchdown uh John, you went over in the Packers game, which was winner, and Mike, you kind of hummed and had a little bit, but I actually both of them hard. both of them would have won because originally you were under in the Jacksonville game, and then you changed your mind to be <laughs> over in the Patriots game, and that won so yeah
2: and and strangely enough in the column i I took the um I took the Jags on the money line at evens to win that game. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> but my other column bets, my other column bets were fine. Uh, Houston and the Jets, predictably, as I thought, uh, went under, um, which which you can't you know, you can't hate. And uh, Green Bay and, and the Rams went over, which was my column best bet. So um, I feel proud of myself having na- uh, anointed myself the Undertaker uh, just a week ago. Two of my <laughs> two of my best, my two bests were both overs, and they both came in. So yeah, I feel really good.
0: Well, well, we're oh, glad. You're really I think we should good, all yeah.
1: be proud of ourselves today. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely, John. Absolutely, pride, pride in the show, pride everywhere. Um, <laughs> I, I, I had a little bet over the weekend. I did a, a long range or a, a long ACA thing, um, with a couple of teams on the spread and a couple of teams just on the match. And I can tell you that the Denver Broncos beating the Chargers was the only one I got wrong. You may have seen me giving out about the Chargers not being able to beat the Broncos. I can tell you that was pocket talk on Sunday evening. I was in for quite a I was nice. Wondering where that came from,
1: Kieran? Quite a
0: nice <laughs> amount of money. If the Chargers had beaten the Broncos, um, I called. It was a 17. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. I'm still, I'm still a little bit upset and I'm not going to lie that it's not the first time that the Broncos have been the specific team that ruined an ACA for me. So they really are top of the Kieran hate list. I haven't, I'm sorry, Denver Bronco fans. They just that, annoy a, me.
2: It's a good explanation of the Broncos, you know, because when you look at them, they're such a talented team in a lot of areas, you know, and, and still on defense. Um, And so, but they're but they're not great at quarterback they're not great on the o line so you know it it really is a they really are a hard team to figure week, week in and week out and- God, when Teddy Bridgewater went down and they put Drew Locke in, it was like there were two great moments last weekend. One was when when they took Cam Newton, finally took Cam Newton out and put a P.J. Walker in and immediately threw an interception. And <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt. And they put Drew Locke in. He immediately throws an interception. And you just say, yes, that's why those guys are on the bench.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Broncos really did it. In fairness, actually, the Panthers were the other team that I was thinking. So if I'd put the Panthers in, obviously they would have, because um, they were favourites for that game. Against the yeah. so it shows. It shows how tough it can be. But yeah, Denver Broncos—they're on the hate list again. It was something they did last season. I think they ruined one of my acres as well, and I was like, I really hate these
1: guys. You should tweet them, Kieran, let them know how annoyed you are.
0: I didn't tie. I didn't want to go that far, John. They—they <laughs> they, they would be, you know, they're celebrating the game. You don't want to bring them down. They open the Broncos. They up the the Bronco himself. The horse opens Twitter, and he sees the first thing is me saying I hate you. Denver yeah, Broncos he would
1: be the very days. disappointed, a man. of your stature complaining like this,
0: you know, he'll be like the guy who does NFL only better. Than <laughs> You know, you're probably going to the dressing room. The guys lobby in there. It's just, it's you know, why, yeah. why, why, why do that to them? You know, this type of guy. I am. Thursday night football is what we start with. So yeah, congratulations on the best bets. puts a little bit of pressure on us for this week. Now we've lots to talk about. But we're going to talk about them in context of the games this weekend. So first thing we're going to talk about is the Dallas Cowboys at the New Orleans Saints, which is Thursday night's. Football one to two is the Dallas Cowboys, 17 to 10, New Orleans Saints. 4.5 is spread, 47.5 is the over under. The latest from Dallas, um, who have actually sneakily, well, not sneakily, they've lost two straight games and three of their last four, so they are in a little bit of a slump, having been one of those, um, kind of teams that you know uh, had, had gone away in the streaks. Um, Mike McCarthy will be missing uh, due to COVID-19 protocols, and they have a number of players and staff out with COVID-19. One of them uh, is Mary Cooper at the moment, who's one of two players on the Dallas Cowboys squad who is not vaccinated. So there are two, and one of them is Mary Cooper. Um, So they're in a slump. They've lost three of their last four, including their last two. They go to the Saints, who are a bit up and down, but have been winning recently. Um, And their favourites, guys. Are we a little surprised that it's 4 or 5 But the first thing I
1: have on my notes here, Kieran, is two teams. I literally have the sentence down: it's two teams in the midst of a slump, because unless I'm uh, misremembering here, the Saints have lost four in a row, right?
0: Yes, I don't know why I put down that they've come back.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So,
1: misremembering uh, a word, either? and as well, they not it, only
2: have but, lost four in a row, they were hammered last Thursday. Absolutely, um, they were. Roughly. And
1: they, um, uh, just looking at, I was. Where just... is <laughs> the edit button in this? <laughs> in my <laughs> little, again, in my notes here, I've got the Trevor Simeon is the first. Sa- I can't. I guess you can't call him a starting quarterback because he's kind of there by default. But he's the first, you know, guy to get a run of the team in the Saints to lose his first four starts for the team in 40 years. So uh, it's, it's kind of an ignominious wow. beginning to his uh his career with the, with the New Orleans Saints
2: that goes back yeah that goes back probably to just after Archie Manning
1: it looks like it yeah it looks like it so yeah this is a it's a strange uh game I, this is one of those games here and it's sort of like we're like you say we're recording this on Wednesday and this will be going live on, onto the internet Wednesday afternoon Wednesday evening this is one of those games that I recommend if you're if you're going to be putting any any money down on it you wait till Sunday morning because Thursdays
2: Thursday it's oh excuse me yes this sir. until Thursday, till, Thursday morning. morning we're all
1: out of it yeah. yeah exactly well basically wait as close as you can because like you say the the Cowboys are really really stricken with some some losses through COVID and various other reasons but not only that the if you look at the Saints injury designation they've got you know Alvin Kamara is still questionable Mark Ingram is still questionable Taysom Hill is questionable and if he's fit he's going to start for Simeon you'd imagine you'd imagine that's what Sean Payton would do um so I think if those guys are out, they were missing from the last game that the Saints played. And like you say, at the, at the top of this link, they got hammered last week. So I think uh, if those guys are gone again, it's hard to look beyond Dallas in this game, despite the fact that they're kind of missing some key pieces as well. So I think uh, the, when I looked at it last night, it's Dallas giving four and a half to New Orleans. I think that's probably a, a, decent, a decent bet right there.
2: Yeah, and, and Cooper, from what I'm, I've been reading, I think Cooper's kind of expected to be out of the COVID protocol tomorrow. Because um, he was in last last week, obviously last Thursday. Both these teams played last Thursday, which makes it interesting because they, you know, they're both on the same rest, and it's not a huge road trip for Dallas to go to New Orleans, um, and they, they they stay at home. The it's hard to figure what the Saints are doing, and you know they and without Hill, there was no quarterback rotation, which they're. I, I was sort of thinking they would like like John, I was thinking if not start Hill, they would certainly play Hill more and give him more of a passing role just to just to diversify the offense, especially with the running backs in the state in the state that they're in. You know each time they bring in a running back, he gets hurt and uh, <laughs> so uh,
1: tomorrow I, I was kind of gonna, i
2: was I was <laughs> thinking of of just leaving this one alone, uh, but Mike McCarthy being out means that. I think that's worth a couple of points to Dallas. So I I would probably go to Dallas um, giving four and a half like John. I think if you're going to bet right now, that to me seems like a better bet.
0: Do we think uh, there has been hints of this coming out Dallas that what that Ezekiel Elliott over the next couple of weeks may not be a factor almost at all. He was not involved on the Thanksgiving game that much rather than poaching a TD and then getting a couple of runs. It was mainly Pollard and there has been rumors that his knee is not great and that they would sit him for maybe two or three weeks. Now, they're not going to sit him, but he will suit up for games. But if you were looking at other things, would you be looking mm. at Pollard maybe being the man who's stepping in there now?
1: It's just depending at a big contract to a running back because it is, you know, it's the you know, that in the offensive line are probably the most injury-prone positions in the NFL. And, uh, you know, running backs tend to have a very, very short life. I think the average career for a top-level running back is only about three years, three or four years well, in terms of the their efficiency. the so, average um, three and a half years, yeah. yeah. But, well, there you but, but, go. It's probably even less than yeah. for the running back.
2: But, yeah, but running backs are, are you know, are, are de- dangerous to take high. Saquon Barkley, I think, is the best example of that. You know, it's, and, and when you look at the really effective running backs in the league, they, they've tended to come in the lower lower rounds, and you can always find one who's serviceable you know, I mean, look at Jacksonville and James Robinson, who's, you know, undrafted. Mm-hmm. And apparently that doesn't impress Urban Meyer enough to play him. You know, it's 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 really strange. The, the one thing is New Orleans remains a pretty good defensive team, um, you know, and the defense has to be good because the offense isn't doing them any favors and is giving teams good field position. But take a look at Dallas's offensive line again. Um, you know, Tyron Smith was not very effective um against the Raiders uh, and 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 then was out. Um, Lael Collins was awful. Uh, you know, and that's supposed to be the strength of the team. That, that's what everything else is is based around. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, four and a half is probably about the right spread on this right now. you know cool. I, I think that that's that's pretty good, but in the in the end, I think Dallas has to stop stop considering that the division is theirs no matter how badly they play um, and start playing a little bit better.
0: Yeah. Well, the time is going to come very soon for playoffs as well. So it's uh, it's definitely time to hurry up. The six o'clock game on Sunday is the first of the Sunday action. We will have a look at the LA Chargers take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Seven to five, the LA Chargers, Cincinnati Bengals, four to seven. Three points is the uh, spread at the moment. And we're expecting a bit of a high scoring one, 50.5. Guys, a couple of weeks ago, um, I read out a couple of stats that said basically Justin Herbert um, isn't allowed to throw the ball uh, very very far. We may we may have seen why over the last couple of games that he's not allowed to throw the ball very very far. There were a couple of dodgy ones on Sunday.
2: Well, the the, the problem is he doesn't. His line can't give him time <laughs> to him back, you know, unless unless he you know unless he makes the time for himself. And and I think teams have figured that out. They also don't run the ball. Austin Eckler, you know, is great, but they don't run the ball all that well. Um, And Eckler did not have a good game last week. Uh, He had a couple of costly drops, a ball that went through his hands for a pick six. Um, uh, And, uh, you know, if he's not functioning, they become an incredibly one-dimensional team with only two real threats, you know, Keenan Allen and and Mike Williams. And really, if they're going to score points, Mike Williams is the only one who's going to get them those points. So... It's it makes it makes them limited. They can't stop. To me, this whole game comes down to the Chargers can't stop the run. And Joe Mixon is running really well right now. Mm. And that, to me, is the story of the game.
0: Eight straight games with a touchdown, I believe, guys, uh, for Mixon, John Bath, uh, Bengals. um, Nice victory at the weekend. And, you know, you know, this show. Well, me, you know, the show is a fan
1: of Mr. Burrow. Well, yeah this is a i think this is the sort of matchup where you'll see the um you know they they came from the same draft class these two quarterbacks Burrow and, and Herbert and i think this is kind of the one where you'll see why Burrow was the number 1 pick in that draft he's he's uh, he seems to be he's really delivering on that potential he's delivering on the hype he's playing very very well at the moment and um yeah i think as mike had said i've, I've got it written down here as well that the i think Joe Mixon is actually going to be the key to this one because as, as he said, the, the Chargers' run defense has just been incredibly porous this year. And as well, a few other factors, like the last time the Chargers came to this time zone, I think they got walloped by Baltimore. So it's, it's just everything, it seems to be stacked against them in, in, in this particular game. Um, and particularly with Joe Burrow playing like he is. Like the, it's To me, I think Cincinnati are probably the best team at the moment in the AFC North, which is reversal from what was going on last season. So, um, from, I think from yes,
2: three weeks ago, four mm-hmm. weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I think it's actually a really good bet. Giving uh, Giving three points in this one, I'd be very, very confident in that one. Okay, okay, Um, we're going to concentrate on the San Francisco 49ers
0: at C- Seattle Seahawks games. But while we're mentioning the Chargers, guys, Um, we do like to do um a little bit of a look at how some of the teams are going in towards the playoffs. Are they hot or are they not? Uh, one of the things, of course, is looking at the spreads where I can tell you that Green Bay are now top of the spreads list, 10 and 2. Arizona mm-hmm. 8 and 3, Dallas 8 and 3. New England, eight and four, who we're going to talk about in a few minutes. And um, bottom of the list at the moment, Jets, three and eight, Chicago, four. There's actually a whole host of teams on four and seven, including Jacksonville, Kansas, LA Rams, Pittsburgh, Washington, Chicago, and the New York Jets. But I suppose the big thing that came out of the weekend, guys, was while we're talking about the chargers is both LA teams slightly starting to flounder and maybe us finally seeing that the Titans, um, injury woes have got them to a point now where we have to sort of start to rule them out of anything. Um, of those teams, Chargers, Rams, and Titans, I suppose, um, Mike, I'll, I'll, I'll just quickly come to you on that. The Rams would have been the one that we spoke about as being like it's not now or never, but it's set up to be now, whereas maybe the Titans and the Chargers can come back again. But is that the real one that's start, starting to worry you?
2: Um, Yeah. I I didn't have a whole lot of uh, excitement when they signed Von Miller and, um, and Odell Beckham. Uh, I could see what they were trying to do, but I wasn't convinced that that those were the answers that were going to transform the team. They they remain basically front runners. Um, they have to get they have to take a lead on you um, to be to be really effective. I, they don't run the ball, and in retrospect, it's not something I said like at the beginning of the season or or anything. But in retrospect, looking at it, I don't think they've been able to run the ball the way they want to since Todd Gurley's knee went.
0: Well, that's a. I mean, that's a while that, ago now.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you know, you could look at that when you look at that thirteen to three loss in the Super Bowl. Part of that was that Todd Gurley was completely ineffective as a runner, and they needed they needed a top flight runner receiver in in that in that position. Uh, which Daryl Henderson, although I like him, it, it doesn't quite give him. He doesn't give him the receiving ability that that Gurley had. Um, and to me, that that that's the key to the whole thing. You know, oh, now we've got Matt Stafford, he'll throw drop back passes like Jared Goff couldn't. Well, if you can't protect him, he can't do that. And they couldn't protect him last week. You know, and that offensive line, which everybody was saying at the beginning of the season based on last year, was a really good offensive line, is starting to show creeks you know um and um, Whitworth is what 55 years old now or um, <laughs> Slightly like it's you know he's and he, he started to look at you know he he's he's relied on he's relied on savvy and, and his size and you know the, the good ability with his hands to keep people off but he just doesn't have that reactive quickness now so I think the Rams are problematical at this point I mean they get a break now because Jacksonville's coming to town for the Jalen Ramsey Bowl. But even Jalen Ramsey, you know, you saw that you saw that play where um, where uh, Rogers went off on the naked bootleg, whether it was a a planned call or whether he just took off. And he's one on one with Jalen Ramsey, you know, and he he, they look each other in the eye. Basically, he does a little tiny pump fake freezes Jalen Ramsey and goes around him. You know, this is a 38 year old guy who's going, going around guys who fancies himself still the best corner in the league. You know, it shouldn't happen. So, yeah. Um, they'll get a break. They'll go to eight and four, um, which, you know, in that division remains good because as we'll talk about with San Francisco and Seattle, I don't, I don't think Seattle's an easy out. Um, at, even at this point, you know, um, bad as bad as they've been playing. So yeah, that, that would be the one that that stands out. The the chargers I think are pretty much what they are and what they were and what they were the year before and what they probably were the year before that doesn't matter whether it's Phillip Rivers or, or Justin Aber. Um,
0: I love uh, there's certainly a difference in the amount of children that the quarterback has <laughs> um, give him time give him time yeah well yeah. He's, he's going to need to catch up um I'll tell you the Super Bowl outright 11 to 2, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are back to being favorites for the Super Bowl. Kansas City are 13 to 2, 15 to 2, the Green Bay Packers. And the Bills have somehow moved to 8 to 1. Um, really? They've dropped four places in the betting. Uh, of those teams we mentioned, the Rams are out to 10 to 1. The Tennessee Titans have doubled in price now to 20 to 1. And the Chargers are all the way out to 25 to 1. It does bring us to one thing, which we've uh, spoke about the NFC conference winner, because we mentioned that. Um, Tampa, Arizona, Green Bay, Dallas, and the LA Rams were all kind of in the short price. And then it was have what you want on the rest, but it's not have what you want on the rest anymore because, as we mentioned, there's been a move on San Fran now, um, who are currently 16 to 1 to win the, a- or the NFC, excuse me. And that brings us nicely along. We'll call that a segue in the business, guys write it down, <laughs> San Francisco For 49ers pro. take on the Seattle Seahawks, 4-7 to seven, the 49ers, 7-5 to five, the Seattle Seahawks, 3.5 is the current spread, 45.5 is the over-under um, two things here I guess guys and John I'll come to you first, first San Francisco 49ers love to run the ball and they found someone that can run the ball in the way that they want and seemingly in the way of Mitchell and Monday Night Football Seattle Seahawks, boy oh boy did they look bad at times um, how you see this one going?
1: um wouldn't i think basically agree with everything you're saying? the the uh say so yeah San Francisco don't i mean they're what are they coming they've, they've won three in a row now so that's put a good sheen on on their record now so they're six and five but i still i'm not so like i mean mitchell kieran you mentioned there he seems to be getting the job done for them as you say but they're you know this, this is a team that would be looking for for a wild card and like we still really have to see how that's going to shake out with the extra game on the season like i kind of I think we just have to see that this this one year with the seventeen game season, and see how it really looks when everything's said and done, and all the chips have fallen. So I think, yeah, they're they're a team that's gonna to, gonna get into the playoffs. But like, yeah, I'm. We touched on it last week as well. I'm, just, I'm very. This Seattle team is. Uh, they they clearly should be a lot better than they are, and they have Russell Wilson, who's supposed to be one of the best. Who is one of the best quarterbacks in the league? So, like, what's you know, to, to lose four out of five home games is a, is, is not where you, where you want to be at this stage of the season, clearly. Um, and I suppose it's an unusual thing to put them as the whipping boys of their of the of the NFC West, I guess. Um, but in terms of that particular game, I think I think San Francisco are good enough to keep putting the pressure on. But you know, to be to be in there with Arizona, who are nine and two, and I we just touched on the Rams a little bit there. I think the Rams, like you said, like Mike said, will be eight and four at the end of this. So um, I think those two teams will be will be looking to be heading towards the playoffs, and I think San Francisco might just might just squeak it, but they'll need to they'll need to be solid this weekend.
0: Mike, just uh, before you come in there, I I just want to just a couple of things that caught my eye about Seattle Seahawks over the last couple of weeks. Uh, There was a kind of a funny incident where Pete Carroll couldn't find a red flag; Uh, he didn't seem to have it on it a couple of weeks ago. Um, They recovered an onside kick, but they were going for um, a legal formation or a legal shift. I can't remember which. they obviously DK Metcalf is their number one dude. He's wide open in the end zone. He's got his arm out. He's literally waving at Russell Wilson and whistle Wilson tried to pass it to someone else. There are things happening at Seattle that are not very Pete Carroll esque. What's gone wrong.
2: Um, You know, oh, what, uh,
0: Mike is doing something now, right now. What, just what's just going on? <laughs> Mike? Just Tell the listeners
2: out, just dropping out of the picture. Yeah. Um, I, I think, they're not as un-Pete Carroll-esque as you might think in some ways, Mm. Uh, because although they want to, um, they always want an identity as a running team, you know, and then that sets up Russell Wilson to pass. The reality has been that no matter (laughs) whether they're a running team or not, the game comes down to keep it close till the fourth quarter and let Russ win it for us. Uh, They're not able to do that now. Mm. Um, you you're right about him missing DK Metcalf. You know, Metcalf only caught one ball the whole game. I mean, they were, you know, they were working to keep him busy. And I think I think what happened was that by as the game went on, Russell stopped looking for him first because he was assuming that he wasn't going to be to be getting open. And, and Lockett was, because Lockett was the one facing man coverage most of the time. But they they only ran the ball ten times. Um, apart from Wilson, you know, the two, the two tailbacks, um um Collins and um Dallas. They they only they had six and four carries each. You you can't establish yourself as a running team if you're only doing that. And and Pete Carroll was kind of you know complaining about not being able to throw play action. It doesn't matter play action whether you're a run first team or not. But if you want to control the ball, which is what they want to do, you have to you have to do that. The other thing is the defense is not a Seattle kind of make big plays defense anymore because the secondary is not really that good. Um, Jamal Adams is a fine player in a lot of ways, but he's not cam chancellor. He can't get back and do the pass coverage deep. Um, I think he have a pick in that game, which, which bounced to him off off the other hands because he wasn't actually covering anybody. Um, you know that's that to me is their problem, and I still think they've got that big play possibility at any moment. You know, Lockett and Metcalf can yeah. break, can break a big play. Russell Wilson throws the deep ball as well as anybody in the NFL. He's been doing it since college. Um, you know, he he keeps plays alive as well as anybody, but I think he's a little bit hurt and he can't keep plays alive as much as as um, as he used to. And San Francisco won't have Debo Samuel apparently. Um, that seems to be the word right now. Remember he, he was taken out of the game. Yeah. 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 He got uh, a with hit an, with an injury and without Debo, I'm not sure they're deep enough on offense. Um, I love Elijah Mitchell, Mitchell. He's a great, he's a great story because they drafted Selman uh, sermon um, uh, in third round, fourth round. <clears throat> and then Mitchell was just on the board in the sixth, I think. And they said, Oh, we'll take him too. Cause Mitchell, was at Louisiana Lafayette? No one was paying a lot of attention. They had a pro day and he ran like a four, three, three for a running back. And, and, you know, you look at Jeff Wilson, for example, not a great running back, but he's got that burst and that's what they need. They want someone who will really hit, hit, hit that hole, see that hole and burst through it. And, and, um, and that's what Mitchell does. And he's a hard runner. Uh, he reminds me of a faster version of James Robinson when, wow. when you watch him, when you watching him carry the ball. So I love that. But without Debo, it's Ayuk and Kittle. Uh, and I and against Seattle, I think going in with just two real receiving threats can be a problem, which is why I'm you know, I would have jumped. At, I would have jumped at this um, Seattle, you know, just three and a half. But I'm I'm just hesitating a little bit because of that. If we were in San Francisco, I'd probably take it in Seattle. I'm not quite sure.
1: Okay. It's interesting, actually, yeah, there... Just add on we... to that as well, it's... Just, on, yeah. we're, we're actually, we, we talked about it last week on the show that Russell Wilson had never lost three three games in a row in his entire Seattle career, and he, now he's lost three games in a row. Can, is well, I think he's fourth, lost four you know, games in a row. <laughs> there, that's also true. But I, I'm wondering... I just got this... I, I was talking to someone <laughs> about this recently, It's I'm, and this is just pure speculation now, but I'm wondering, are we kind of... Does this... Are we kind of getting towards the end of the Pete Carroll-Russell-Wilson relationship. Is one or the other going to be out of, out of there sooner rather than later? Because Wilson has always been one of those, not always, but in the last season or two, he's been one of those guys that's been sort of tenuously linked with the trade elsewhere. It seems like he potentially could be available if someone offers the sun, moon, and the stars for him. And uh, obviously Pete Carroll's getting on, so and the team are struggling. So I'm wondering, is this just the beginning of the end of the, sort of the Seattle empire that they had for a while there? That's,
2: a, that's an interesting question because... In one sense, you have to you have to evolve. You know, and and I remember Peter King writing at Sports Illustrated many years ago. I think it was around the time of Bill Belichick just before belichick and tom coughlin met in the super bowl in 2007 you know how there was the rule of 55 the 55 speed limit in the nfl that no coach was ever successful after the age of 55 and then two coaches who were like 61 or whatever met in the super bowl um the next the next season or at the end of that season and but to do that you know you, you have to evolve you can't keep doing the same thing which is why like when Joe Gibbs came out of retirement to coach in Washington, it wasn't the same thing as when he had been coaching before because he was trying to do the same thing, but, but the league had had moved on. Bill Belichick has been able to constantly evolve, you know, and you might say, well, look, the Patriots are doing the same kind of thing that they were doing, but they've done it in different ways over the years. um, And he's rebuilt the team knowing what he wants to do. Pete, Seems to me to be still trying to do the same thing that, that was great in the Legion of Boom years. Yeah. And that That's was one of those kind of uh, perfect storms of, of getting exactly the right kind of personnel you could bring into your system. Now your personnel has changed. The the nature of the game has changed. Your system has to change to adjust for that. And I'm not sure he's been able to do that um, as efficiently as he did. I, I'm not, I don't think they jump away from him. I think maybe they they try to adjust by by getting yet another offensive coordinator maybe to to spruce up that game, uh make Russ happy. but you know as as you said right at the beginning, John Russell Wilson's still one of the top, I don't know what five quarterbacks in the NFL.
0: yeah, I think that's fair enough, yeah, and I think one of the things with Russell as well. It wasn't this season. It was the end of last season where he, as much as Russell Wilson can criticize the team, he did criticize the team about you know having him having to do it in the fourth quarter.'d be interested to see if he made any comments like that. Another thing that struck me is as we've been speaking today, a lot of the teams that we're talking about that are floundering a little bit, you would say, um, so we said the Rams, the Seahawks, the Browns a little bit, John, but they're all playing with, oh, more than a little bit. Yeah. but they're all playing with what we would say is injured QBs they're keeping guys out there who are knocked up. Stafford's knocked up. We all, it's obvious. Yeah. Russell's knocked up. We all know um, that your boy is pretty ill at the moment. Johnny's not Baker, fearing the yeah. best. So it's a strange one that they keep them in <laughs> when we can all see that they're injured and they're losing games. Mike, yeah. like you, and, should have, this, you should have, should
2: have some to come in at this stage. Well, I said this about Cleveland a few, a couple of weeks ago, I think, you know, we, yeah. at this stage, the way Baker's playing, the, the drop off to case Keenum is not that huge. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it is, there is a drop off. Um, and, and I would look, but there was a play, uh, last week where, where Baker threw a, tried to throw a screen pass and, and it got, it got picked off because literally he could not throw the ball over the arms of the guys who were rushing him, you know, and he'd let them get too close basically. But that's the idea of a screen pass is you, you let the rush come in on you, and for years, people have been saying Baker plays like a short quarterback who can't see receivers. And I've always said, well, that's why they move him around. You know, when Freddie Kitchens was there, they rolled him out a lot, the moving pocket, you know, to give him sight lines. Well, right now, I think that they, you know, maybe he can't do that because he's so creaky. Mm. Um, but he looks a lot more like Ben, Ro- like a mini Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. than he does like a Matt, like a like a Baker Mayfield. You that know? is and in that that's case, a big I mean, insult. Yeah, I mean, Matt. 90% <laughs> Matt Stafford is better than whatever else they've got. You know, 90% Russell Wilson is better than whatever else they've got. Although, in fairness, Gino didn't play badly when he when he came in. Um, so, I yeah. Mean,
0: at least they don't rabbit on about it like a certain um, Aaron Rodgers, who has a broken nail and tells a press conference for it. I've never I seen don't. a man love the spotlight so much. Sorry, Green I, Bay fans, I'll, but he I'll does. I'll tell you,
2: though, you know, wh- watching that game uh, um, last week, I don't I don't there's no doubt in my mind that if a quarterback is going to be the MVP it has to be Aaron Rodgers you know well they are that, top
0: of the spreads list which makes them good yeah, in my book 10 what and is, 2 what
2: is that team without him you know what well, we hmm. saw with Jordan Love at quarterback yeah you know even right. with an average yeah. quarterback put Jimmy Garoppolo there at quarterback you know uh, how good how good will they be he he carries them <laughs> who who was playing in their offensive line it was like you know guys driving by the stadium saying hey i'll, I'll try
1: <laughs> you got a jersey
0: on you go on you go <laughs> um okay guys just to interrupt there and uh, to remind everyone the bet 20 pound worth of multiples or bet builders on the nfl get a five pound free bet uh runs every single day obviously on other sports but bet 20 pound worth of multiples or bet builders in the nfl and get a five pound free bet and if you're a racing fan keep an eye out on saturday because we'll have our big uh, money back special coming on saturday again on one of the big races so do keep an eye out for that on the sportsbook and exchange for that special um which is um you know very 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 nice i have to say to have it on both products um Two games to go, lads. The big finish, and we do want to talk about the Patriots. But let's quickly run through my new nemesis, who are the Denver Broncos, head to the Kansas City Chiefs, ten to three. About the Broncos, two to nine. Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, ten points is the current spread, forty-seven point five. And for those of you who are wondering about the AFC West. It's the most interesting of the, well, one of the most interesting of the divisions. Sorry, I shouldn't really say that. Chiefs seven and four, Chargers six and five, Raiders six and five, Broncos six and five. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the betting for the AFC West, Kansas City four to nine, LA Chargers 11 to four, eight to one the Broncos, 12 to one the Raiders. So the betting things, guys, it's Kansas in a walk four to nine, but the current standings don't make it an absolute home run at the moment. For the Chiefs, John off do they?
1: Well, the I mean, I was just looking at this. The the like the the ten point handicap for for a team like Denver, who have uh, you know a winning record. They're six and five, as you said at the top of this here, and that I think that can be explained by the fact that Vic Fangio has lost every game he's ever played against uh, the Chiefs as a Denver head coach, and I think he's only, <laughs> I think he's only kept it unless I'm incorrect here, but I think he's Ooh. only kept it within one score once. So I think that is pr- maybe the, the primary reason why we're looking at a 10-point handicap in this game, but uh, as well as that, I mean, it, it, this is an interesting one to look at for several reasons. Like both of these teams have been uh, very inconsistent this season, Kieran, as you were, as you learned last weekend with Denver, with the Denver Broncos and your accumulator, but um, Kansas City again have they've been uh, maybe more so at the start of the season they were quite inconsistent, but they've been showing a few signs that they've steadied the ship and they've been on a bit of a hot streak lately. But I think the thing to consider is that. A, A 2021 Kansas City Chiefs hot hot streak is very very different to what a 2020 or 2019 hot streak was for the team they're not putting as many points on the board they're they do do seem to be quite fallible and making several mistakes and and just you know keeping 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 their opponents in the game when they should when previously they would have just streaked out of there and, and just got it done by the you know by the middle of the third quarter um so I think you know it depend the 10 point handicap to me really sticks out because that's a 10 point handicap in a game with two teams of winning records is very very unusual um so i think you know i'd be tempted to to go with denver on that particular one but i suppose the 47 and a half over under is quite interesting thinking about it now i'd go i'd go with the, the 10 point handicap
2: okay yeah i i agree with you completely um look you know looking at this game if what what the 10 point reflects is is kansas city's offensive inconsistency and denver's defensive ability which they showed last week um and and if they can put the kind of pressure on mahomes that they did last week then kansas city's going to have a few offensive problems now that i don't think the Chiefs' defense is going to have um is going to be torn apart by teddy bridgewater um although denver's got you know, got playmakers and, you know, I love Javante Williams, rookie, rookie running back. I think he's got big play uh, potential within him. So it, the way I look at it is if you think Denver can cover 10, which I agree with you, John, you know, seems tempting. The game's got to go under, I think, 47, five. And if you think the chiefs can, can cover minus 10, then it's going to go over 47, five. I think the chiefs win it. Um, But I, I, I really do. I I agree with you. I kind of edge toward toward winning it by less than ten. Yeah. Okay. So
1: and you, you'd go. I guess you would, we'd would all go Chiefs on the on the money line if we were doing that. Ah, we oh, would. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's two to yeah. nine though. Come on, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, nobody getting at, which of two to nine. At home for <laughs> sure.
2: Yeah, at home for sure.
0: Uh, the final game that we're going to talk about, um, it's probably the whole game of the whole game week. Uh, the New England Patriots take on the Buffalo Bills. It's twenty-three to twenty. The pass seven to ten. The Buffalo Bills, and nine to ten. Uh, the 2.5, sorry, 9 to 10, uh, pick them of uh, 2.5 uh, spread. 43.5 is the over-under. Um, we mentioned the, the Patriots in the last couple of weeks uh, without really talking about them in depth, but we've just constantly mentioned how the fact that they're moving up and that you can see that they are now uh, 8 and 4 in terms of the spread charts at the moment, New England. So this run, Mike, um, as our resident Patriots fan, uh, <laughs> this run by the New England Patriots, what's what's behind it? Well,
2: I, I'm. Not, I don't get too excited about it. In in one sense, that they haven't really beaten any top teams, uh, you know, because because Tennessee Tennessee didn't have a lot of weapons last week, and they knew it, you know, coming into the game. So, you know, without without AJ Brown, without uh, Derrick Henry, obviously, who was who was going to beat them? Who do you have to take away? Well, the answer to that was basically nobody. Just don't let Ryan Tannehill run crazy, and and you're going to win the game. And And, you know, a lot of credit to Tennessee. You mentioned them when we were talking about those those kind of teams in trouble. They they played a really good game for a team with so many injuries and so many weak spots. You know, they're very well coached. They know what they're doing. So that – and the other thing with New England is they have a rookie quarterback. Uh, And what they're going to get from Buffalo, although Buffalo kind of play the same defense most of the time, they're, they're going to get a defense that's going to challenge him. Um, and this is one of those great games I love, where it's fronts against fronts. Uh, New England people aren't really noticing, but but Belichick has put together a big, powerful, strong front, which is the kind of thing he likes, and big, big, strong linebackers as well. Um, he wants to beat beat you up up front to to make everything else easier. Their offensive line seems to be gelling with Trent Brown back, uh, which is no great surprise. And the weak unit in this, Buffalo's got a good front as well, um, but they've got k- kind of specialist pass rushers on the ends more than the Patriots do. The Patriots tend to scheme their rush more. Um, and they want to play four or two. They want to play with two linebackers most of the time. And I think that's where their difficulty is going to lie because the Patriots will try to pick apart that middle, middle zone, in the middle of the field, the intermediate pass routes, um, and the weak link for Buffalo is the offensive line, which is decent but not great. And we saw, you know, we saw that taken advantage of two weeks ago. Um, although um, they they did a really good job last week. Uh, the game plan for New England is keep Josh Allen in the pocket. Everyone knows that now. You know, don't let him get outside. Don't let him beat you with the run. Don't let him extend plays uh, because he's got such a good receiving core. Um, so the, that's the big question. If you keep him in the pocket, make him beat you with drop back drop back passes, it's going to be harder. Um, it's interesting to me that this is the the only game with a lower over-under is the football Giants against Miami, uh, which, yep. says I, which says I think we're looking at a, a defensive game. You yeah, know, check the weather report before you put your bet down. Oh, John, you've took that's John's first about. point. I bet <laughs> so re- really? I've got nothing
1: else to add to this now. <laughs> oh, okay, um, no, I'm joking.
2: And and in the end, um, I look. I I probably will take the Patriots plus two and a half. If it was three, I'd probably take it without that much hesitation. But I look at that as being an outside bet, not not a not a best bet.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but got sneaky suspicion that could move, you know. So I'd watch that between yeah. now and. Um, I'd be surprised if it remained under a field goal. Uh, Jonboff.
1: Yeah, I think this is one of those games where people might be tempted by the recency bias. Um, as, you know, the Patriots have looked, you know, pretty red hot lately, particularly for a team who started, I think they started at 2-4, and, and those two wins in the first six games of the season were against the Jets and the Texans. So, I mean, through the first, basically half of the season, or the first third, I guess, of the season, this was a team looking like they were going nowhere, it just looked like an extension of last year. Um, but as Mike said, they put together some solid wins, but at the same time, are they a team that can really, you know, if this, the Buffalo bills will be the biggest test that they've had, I think during this run and Buffalo have looked, you know, they've probably looked a bit shaky lately, but. That's come against teams with really powerful dominant runners. Like Derrick Henry put some numbers on them and Jonathan Taylor put some numbers on them as well. But I and I don't necessarily think that New England have that type of weapon in their offense. Like Stevenson looks okay and they've got, you know, they're well schemed and they're they've got a good offense in that regard. But just in terms of the, the brute, raw power that might be needed to to take down a defense like Buffalo's, who's, in my opinion, one of the best overall defense in the league. I think that's it's gonna be um I would say this will be more of a defensive battle kind of reflected in the 43 and a half uh, in the over-under on this one. But, um, you know, I think as well, if you were, if we're just going to talk about the Patriots for a second, I you have to, you can't be in uh, how Mac Jones has looked in the last weeks as well. And we, I know we talked about him a little bit last week, I think, or one one of our two shows last week. He's He seems to be really kind of, getting more and more infused with the Belichick way of thinking and it's working, as we said previously, they're continuing to look more things into watching And uh, I was just looking at some of the numbers um last night while I was kind of preparing for this. Now this is you can take this with a pinch of salt obviously, but in Brady's for as well when he kind of took over Fled so he kind of hit the majority of that season, he was he he finished with 18 touchdowns from from 14 starts and this season, uh, Mac Jones has 16 touchdowns from 12 starts. So, I think the only the only logical conclusion, the only thing we can take for certain about this is that we'll be talking about Mac Jones in this podcast in the year 2041, so as, as he has with the with the man yeah, that he succeeded Mac Jones um, before his knee. Went out in
2: 2022. <laughs> Yikes, Mike. <laughs> yeah, the, it's interesting yeah, but, uh, because you're absolutely right, but if you look. The Patriots Bills games in 2018 and in 2019, when Brady had receivers and didn't have receivers, were all close. And in 2020, the first mm-hmm. game was just like that with, with Cam. And then at the end of the season, the Bills romped over them in, in like the next to the last week. But uh, these two teams will play a probably a low scoring game that their defenses keep tight.
1: Okay. Yeah, Time I agree with that on. completely. The, it seems like both of these just to put a cap on this. I think both of these teams are kind of very well equipped to stop each other's of offense. Thanks. You know, if I had to pick a winner in this one, I'd probably lean towards Buffalo ever so slightly. But I think the most the, the most logical thing to look at here is the is the under, which is 43 and a half, which is again, like I said, it's a very low under compared to. Um, you know what most of the games would be and how the overrunners have been looking, not just this season but in the last couple of years, I guess, but I think this is one of the ones that really stands out as a sort of a defensive masterclass, if you will, from, from both sides. Thanks for that, gentlemen. Uh,
0: that was our look ahead to uh, the live action. It, it does strike me that we actually uh, did not look at the Ravens-Steelers game, which is the actual live game on Sky. We actually concentrate on the 49ers-Seahawks. And I believe that is due to some WhatsApps where we just assumed that that was it last night. But it's not. Uh, but it does bring me along very nicely to uh, the best bets of the week. Um, because uh, I am going to make the, the the Baltimore Ravens-Pittsburgh Steelers games my best bet of the week. Uh, and can I just say to everyone that I am one, two, three, four. Five wins in a row. This would be for six, six. I'm on a streak, baby. Um, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens minus four at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, that is the best bet of the weekend. And if it's anything like the last one, two, three, four, five weeks, it'll be a winner. Mike Carson.
2: After that crowing, <laughs> there's no way in the world Baltimore cover.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there is. <laughs>
2: This is a Justin Tucker win it by one game. Um, I'm going to go with Cincinnati, uh, you know, minus three against the Chargers. Um, you know, we, we talked about it. I said, you know, I just thought that made an awful lot of sense. And I'm going to stick with that.
1: Well, I fully endorse Mike's best bet because that was also my best. bet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thinking on the fly. Given I'm quite interested in the Patriots-Bills game, I'll, I'll stick with what I what I just said with the uh, the under 43 and a half. Again, it's a very low one. It's probably slightly riskier than most, um, but I, I do think this will be a, a defensive game. And um, it's provided, of course, that um, the Patriots defense and Bill Belichick can, can keep Josh Allen in check. But uh, as Mike suggested, it seems like teams know how to do that. And it seems like an especially a Bill Belichick coached team will know how to do that adequately. So... Listen, it's a riskier one now, I'll be honest with you, but I think under 43 and a half is the is going to be where I'll put my money this weekend.
0: Well, thank you so much for that nice work, Mike in stealing one. We do like when that happens. He's done that like three weeks ago. I run. knew. No, and, no. and
2: to tell no. you the truth, I knew he was going to I saw his face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just, you know what I looked up when I looked at the games last night and I saw the Eagles were playing the Jets. I went, have the Eagles not played the Jets like six times this season? Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it's it hard just... to tell the Giants and the Jets apart. <laughs> Man, the worst
0: thing is the Giants are playing the Dolphins as well. So I was I like, know. I put the Giants, the Dolphins, um, uh, the Eagles, the Jets, and kind of Jacksonville all in the same kind of shit boat and just send them off to sea.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it, it's kind of like Jalen Hurts through threw like three decent passes the whole game and, J- and, J- and Jalen, Justin Hurts um, threw three just and Jalen Rieger dropped the last two. <laughs> I, well, this, the second of which would have set them up to win the game. The first one would have been a brilliant catch. I, I didn't, I wasn't going to criticize him for letting the ball bounce off his head and then not catch it. But, but um, the second one was, you know, there's no way in the world you drop that if you're a, a starting receiver in the NFL. Well, sorry, in the National Football League, as the announcers say, to really emphasize the point. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that is true they do that yeah they're odd uh, bet 20 pound word of multiples or bet builders in the NFL get a 5 pound free bet um, do enjoy the action over the weekend and a reminder to please gamble responsibly this weekend we will be back next Wednesday to take a look at all the lines hopefully a couple of winning bets in there hopefully our best bets wins and my streak continues that would be the best the best thing oh, of the yes, whole the
1: weekend
2: world, the world awaits the yeah, world we're, all
1: pu- we're all pulling for you Kieran
2: <laughs>
0: you know you say it but it doesn't feel it thanks for listening we'll speak to you all next week Bye for now.